I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. Today we have an entrepreneur. somebody who has spent her life understanding chocolates and understanding truly living so we're going to be talking about how to live a sweet life with me we have ziba koli so ziba welcome to the habit coach podcast hello 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 and so happy to be here thank you i have just loved your energy ever since you entered the room <laughs> please tell the audience a little bit about yourself so my name is ziba koli 58 years and living it up. <laughs> I love it. So yes, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a daughter, daughter-in-law, sister, sister-in-law, friend, mentor, and I know I'm sounding like some great I am a philosopher. I look up to all the lovely teachings that are being spread so widely on our instagram social media but i actually learned and live and walk the talk so i am here i grew up studying physics i was picked up and put into my grandfather my maternal grandfather's business i learned on the go I literally just have a TYB com. I was offered a scholarship for M com. Have really studied not much other than bits and bobbles of French and German, lots of chocolate <laughs> on the go. Uh, very often when I used to be in a chef's fraternity of men, they would say, "Have you been to the CIA? Are you a chef? What are you?" And I'd say, "I'm me, buddy. Talk <laughs> to me. Talk to me, and I will teach you." So I've mentored world chocolate masters in Chocola, and yes, I continue to be a chocolate consultant. I'm an international award chocolate judge. Yeah, and I teach chocolate. So how did you get into the concept of business and everything with this? So you said you started working with your grandfather. That is correct. My grandfather was an extremely wonderful creator of. products of cold storaging warehousing hospitality he was the pioneer of refrigeration in india okay. and i grew up learning with him about westinghouse dupont cleaning agents then the ozone layer i was just i think i must have been 15 when the concept of the ozone layer and the ozone hole came into conversations and news and my granddad represented a product called Freon from DuPont I was just a child I mean mid teens whatever you call that and I suddenly learned about saving the ozone layer and then came the green gases you know and then came and then came and then came so I actually learned science which is my first love I'm crazy about the science of life and i think the sciences and the love for physics chemistry biology actually kept my grandfather's arm which was called fantasy chocolates alive and um, he lost his son while he was studying overseas and his son used to love a chocolate brand every time he stopped by switzerland and he used to fly swiss air in those years and decades ago and i guess it was prungli hmm. and when uh, my mama passed away my nana started a brand called fantasy chocolates hmm. 
and fantasy was born. The first lot of chocolate in those days was provided by Cadbury. Cadbury had just arrived into the country and they would give my granddad blocks of couverture, cooking chocolate, covering chocolate, different words for the same thing. And my granddad would hire the lesser privileged. And I would like to actually discuss what was the meaning then. It was women who were widows, who were abused by their husbands, who needed money because their husbands were unwell, or who were shunned by society for various taboo and reasons. So, And most of them were our family members itself, friends of the family. And such women would come in with great pride convert the chocolate blocks provided by then Cadbury into smaller praline, just like what my granddad had seen then. And those would be beautifully packed. And as all our friends, including Meher Moose, would say, the tuck that the kids who studied in boarding school would be from fantasy, the tuck boxes. So they would include macaroon and nougats and chocolate biscuits and so much, you know, truffles and fudge from fantasy. So from those years, I grew up in chocolate. So I would come from school and have lunch with my mom while she was, my mom was a microbiologist and she always said, Ziba, you can't study physics or whatever is your love. You have to move from your science college into HR college, which is where I got admission because I just applied to one I got in and I continued to do BCom. But truthfully, you learn on the go. Business is something, yes, you must learn. It's very important to read biographies, very important if you don't have the facility to educate yourself. And yes, philosophy, philosophical books can really mentor you as a human being. You know, it's, it's so true. I love the statement that says that, you know, a mind once expanded never shrinks to the original size, right? When we read, our mind is constantly being expanded by That's ideas true. and thoughts, etc. When it comes to business, what are some of the things that have really taught you in this journey? You know, like what are the aha moments that you had? What are the learning moments that you had through this process? In is lots of the biographies of good people who have achieved, you know, like Azim Premji, Dhirubhai Ambani. I mean, I feel J.R.D. Tata. They have set milestones into the sands of time. Mm. You know, I feel when you read stories of Warren Buffett. And, you know, it really inspires you to understand it is actually one step at a time. Hmm. It is brick by brick. And my grandfather documented his journey in something which he used to call the newsletter, the New Year's greetings. Hmm. So I have 17 of those or 22 of those. And I would read it on and off. And those, I never had any particular aha moment due to formal education. But I will say every time I read a biography or I watch inspirational stories, currently there's some of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's something going on about Sylvester Stallone and so many of our own Indians, you know, they talk to you and they mentor you. I think Jay Shetty, when he talks to people, I just feel it's so exciting. 
and there is always something to learn. So I really and genuinely feel you create your own aha moment when you read something and you apply that thing. When you were doing this, did you have like a goal set in your mind, like what I want to achieve and things like that? Or was it something that you like you free flowed to? What has created me and milestones is just me. I've made my own goals and my own milestones and work to achieve it. How should people start thinking about chocolate? You know, instead of something that just gets gifted or something that gets eaten mindlessly, you've done like inverted commas PhD in this subject, right? Like how should people start thinking about chocolates? So the beauty is I got into chocolate as a child only to drown in it, put my fingers into it, clean the floors of the gift wrapping paper and wait for all the chocolate that got left behind in the pan. Mm -hmm. My love for chocolate started because it was this delicious, gooey, fudgy product. Mm -hmm. I never understood chocolate in its entirety until the last perhaps decade and a half. Till such time, to me, chocolate was the most versatile ingredient. I used to create truffles of every pleasure, every single pleasure. I would create pairings of chocolate with savouries, even as a 23-year-old, 29-year-old. For years, I would play. I would play with chocolate. When I started expecting my first child, in 1994, I woke up to parents saying kids shouldn't eat chocolate and chocolate has too much sugar. And I realized chocolate is play, chocolate is pleasure and chocolate is an ingredient which has to be understood. So till such time that I was 28, I applied my sciences of knowledge of dehumidity, why you cannot have chocolate in humidity. I would see mold and I would create these dry environments. I was understanding cold storaging because that was our backbone. My granddad had created cold storages and I understood how to maintain temperature of chocolate during production and storage. Then I became the logistics guru when Lynn Chocolate approached me in my office cabin in Liberty Building on the second floor. And they, I remember there were two of them, Walter and another young Englishman who walked in and said, Ziba, we need you to keep lint. And this was shocking to me because my granddad's, my nana's original fantasy was fantasy chocolate, which he had discovered chocolate in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I had the big brother, Lint approach me. So I went on to assist them and distribute Lint, Pan India, and I applied 100% of my sciences. Along the way, when they wanted me to be their face in our country and stop fantasy, I had to turn them down because to me, India is my life and I love everything I can do here and now as an Indian in my country. And I decided fantasy is going to scale newer heights with knowledge. So when I was expecting my first child, I created a puzzle out of chocolate. I made a mold, which was a five-piece mold, and I put chocolates in it, and I kept hearing too much sugar, 
So I started using only dark chocolate. In those days, 29 years ago, there was no concept of the darker variant or the less dark or a medium. There was milk, dark, white. Mm. So, and not even white much. I created this mold and I started molding the dark chocolate in this mold. And I created a puzzle for my daughter when she was born to piece it in. So that was the, like, instead of buying a jigsaw puzzle, I created a chocolate puzzle. Mm. And because kids have a habit of putting things in their mouth, their hand, so I'd put it on a proper, sterile, you know, mat kind of thing, use that mat for a wash. So chocolate became something which was not intimidating to me and then to the children around my child. And then came along my second child. By that time, there was a concept of a darker variant. What is sugar in chocolate? I started studying further. So it was not only the sciences and humidity. I started applying a lot more of this in logistics. The cool chain, which was probably one of the first developed by my granddad. And I developed it in my way towards chocolate and managing and transporting chocolate. I moved in along these years in studying organic fair trade because I realized chocolates are made by farmers and the chocolate plant is not a hardy plant. It needs some amount of shade. So, and it's an expensive commodity. We know all those stories about it being used as money, blah, blah, blah. It is expensive, but it, it was used as money, but didn't bring in money to the farmers. Mm. For chocolate, no one knew where the plants and the trees, the chocolate plantations are. They just knew, oh, this is Swiss chocolate. This is Cadbury's from England or X or Y. They just knew it by the brand. No one knew where the cocoa beans are. So that has been my love and my intention to spread awareness. You need to know the chocolates, where they are from and celebrate the chocolate bean provider. So where the chocolate plantations are, we need to celebrate it. We need to understand how those territories are precious and why. Yes, global warming affects it. But today there are a lot of clonal varieties in cacao that are taking place. Plus, we have a lot of alternative cacao products that are being available, like Bikala is not from the cacao bean, is from a, a similar bean like the cacao bean. And that product is called Bikala. So when I have been a chocolate judge, I have been learning about the different kinds of cacao, the territories, the producers. There are several ways and we call them styles in chocolate making. Then you go down to the chocolate processes. So the varieties of beans matter. The kind of fermentations are completely varied. The roasting is varied. The way you produce it is varied. And those are the nuances that need to be made aware of by all of us. So you mentioned, Ash, then, that you enjoy making your own chocolate. So you buy what's available. But once you come to know what is commercial chocolate or a bean-to-bar 
chocolate maker's chocolate, which is also cooking chocolate, incidentally. These are made, the commercial varieties are made in mass. They use boosters to boost the chocolate flavor. Very often, the cacao beans have mold and that is camouflaged with a lot of vanilla. The bean-to-bar chocolate makers are small batch and micro batch and limited batch. They choose the bean. They ensure they are of a different kind of flavor. They enhance those notes and flavors with a kind of fermentation and roasting. And that's when you get to choose. You like what you've been brought up with or would you like to explore the real tastes of chocolate? All right, we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. What are the ways in which you taste chocolate? Because I know when people say chocolate, they're like, oh, this is sweet, this is dark, right? And it ends there. But like when you think about wine, there are so many different ways to think about it. How do you like evaluate chocolate? Like when somebody puts it in their mouth, what should they do? So the recent award, which I was humbly conferred upon by the Economic Times in the FNB, they called me a chocolate sommelier. This is the first time this term has been used in our country. It's been used by people for themselves. Coming back to chocolate, chocolate always was sweet. Always. Even the dark variant was sweet. And just the white variant was sweeter. Mm. So there was not much knowledge. People just said, oh, dark hai to bitter and nahi khayega. Mm. But there are percentages in dark. Mm. So if you have a, you can even have a 45% dark. Mm. And that is, what is the rest? The 100 minus 45 is 55. So mm. the balance, that maths, <laughs> 55% is sugar. Correct. So whatever the other percentage is, is sugar. Always. Mm. So then, and always it was white. Mm. If, if you saw white, it was, the color is white, right? Yeah. So the brown mass, which mm. is the real cacao mass, has been pressed out. Mm. All you're eating is cocoa butter, milk, and sugar. And cocoa butter is so expensive an ingredient, it gets mixed with veg fat, mm. vegetable fat. Now, that doesn't make it a chocolate anymore. Correct. It becomes a confectionery. So that is the first thing to understand. What is real chocolate? Mm. Real chocolate is made with cocoa butter or cacao butter. Right. What is compound chocolate? Chocolate made with a bit of the cacao mass, mm. cacao butter, but mixed in with vegetable fat and alternative ingredients. Mm. That is the first difference between real and compound. Right. Both are sweet. Mm. Both come in three variants, milk, dark, white. So that's the first thing to understand and move from compound towards the real. Once you experience real in today's day and age, we are well into 2023 and uh, embarking on 2024. And trust me, every couple of weeks and couple of months, there are new variants in chocolate being grown. They are being cloned in uh, all the plantation growing areas. And the percentages kick in. And we've had percentages. We've got a 100% dark variant. You've had then 90% chocolate. 80% chocolate. So what is the balance? Mm. The balance is your cocoa butter, 
and sugar. sugar. If it's, it's a real chocolate. Correct. Because otherwise it's compound chocolate and you're just having vegetable fat along with it. And it's not chocolate chocolate, right? So it's in our country, we this is my pure pleasure. Hmm. I give my time just teaching. Hmm. Coming back to tasting, hmm. which was your real question. Ziba, how do people taste chocolate? So first step is to make a person recognize the difference in the palate of the compound versus the real. Hmm. That is a task because our palates are more geared to know spicy and khatta, sour, because that's our Indian palate, tikka, meeta, too much salt, namkeen. Hmm. It's very hard, or should I say, it is my absolute joy to teach what is umame. And umame is like, for example, is the soya sauce that you eat. To bring those tastes out in your taste buds, that's the first thing. So you have to learn how to experience your taste bud. Hmm. There is bitter, there is sour, there is sweet, umame and salty. Hmm. So these are actually the various palate parts that you first have to teach So I do amazing tastings Mm. with a critical audience who wants to learn. And I must say, it is growing, but it really isn't a lot yet. Mm. Because people just know, chocolate khana hai. I'm off sugar. I'm on a diet. I'm on the keto diet. I'm on zero sugar diet. I want chocolates which have no sugar. But they don't know what is the sugar alternative going in. Mm. It doesn't work. Mm. And better than having a no added sugar chocolate, it's actually to have a dark variant of chocolate, perhaps with exquisite nuts in it, Mm. like a macadamia, which is high fat in oil, good oil, Mm. almonds, hazelnut, pistachio, my favorite, my favorite, chilgoza, Mm. pine nuts. Mm. So you have these nuts that that you add into a dark variant of chocolate, about 80 or 85%, and it cuts the bitter. And that is the real nuance about discovering chocolate. Mm. Because then you know what goes in. Right. You have good fat, you have real chocolate made with cacao butter, and you are going for a darker percentage, which has less sugar. So you are not adding and eating too much sugar. And like wine, do you taste different notes, like different fruity notes, different citrusy notes, different like minerally notes in chocolate as well? And we taste mold, Mm. we taste smoke, Mm. we taste a lot of defects in our chocolate, Mm. we taste yellow fruits, Mm. we taste red fruits. So yes, a hundred percent yes. There are so many categories of notes. Mm. And I think, you know, when I started learning about tasting notes, I always found it very interesting to say, ah, what memory is this bringing up when I'm tasting it? So how would you teach somebody that aspect of So the tasting? first thing I'll say is congratulations, because you've come a long way by even saying what memory does it bring mm. up. That you hit the nail on the head. It's all about nostalgia. So if you've And also, if you haven't had a cranberry, you will never pick up a cranberry note. Correct. If you haven't had a raspberry, you can't pick up a raspberry note. Mm. But you will pick up any red fruit note. Mm. In India, we have a plethora of red fruits. We have plum, we have cherries, a local apple. We have so many kalingar, Mm. you know, melons, Mm. peru, guava. Correct. So, We know our fruit. We are a beautiful tropical. We know pineapple. Mm. So you will pick up the fruits you have a memory of. 
And that's the first thing. Hmm. The second thing is for minerals. Hmm. Now, there are a lot of good minerals and then some minerals are chemically. Hmm. So if it doesn't taste good while you eat a chocolate. So your question, how do you pick up notes? Hmm. I'll take a step back and say, do not rush chocolate. Hmm. It's a lot like love. Hmm. You can't rush love. There is a difference between lust and love. Hmm. There is a difference between a quick energy fix. Hmm. I need it now. Or I love chocolate. I'm going to taste chocolate. And I'm going to try. I'm going to go to uh, the supermarket and see the different kinds of Indian chocolates we have. I'm going to see the various kinds of international chocolates we have. Then what do you do? Hmm. Start with if it's a dark and you ha- can lay your hands on a 65% dark, taste two or three kinds of the 65% variant. Hmm. Sometimes you'll get a 63, 67. That's fine. Hmm. But then you taste three similar kinds of chocolate in the similar percentage. Hmm. Then what you do is have a little piece at room temperature not cold. Not kept in the fridge, take it out. You can't taste anything. Absolutely not. Hmm. It cannot be cold. Hmm. It cannot be melted. Hmm. Melted is beautiful to put into hot chocolate, etc. You never waste chocolate, hmm. right? Cold chocolate, you can grate, you can garnish, whatever. But when you taste chocolate, it has to be purchased at the right temperature. And maintained at the right temperature. What is the right temperature? Usually an air-conditioned room. Hmm. That's the right temperature. Hmm. You open the chocolates, you break it. Mm. Now, very often they say, taste chocolate, clean your palate with bread. Mm. That is untrue mm. because bread has salt mm. and there is sugar right? and there are flavors. Mm. Never do that. You always taste it with something which is bland. Mm. It has to have no taste. Mm. So it can be salt-free bread, mm. you know, which has no taste. Mm. It has to be polenta. Mm which is specific. You get strong smelling polentas. Mm. You know, you get a strong smell of maize or whatever, whatever. You got to make sure people say water, of course, but the water still leaves a residue and remnants of the previous chocolate flavor. It doesn't wash off. It doesn't clean it out Mm. completely. Mm. So you have to have something which is salt free, Mm. sweet free. When you taste your chocolate, do not rush it. Mm. Take a couple of minutes, eat it and just... Think of what you taste. Hmm. People who drink wine might say, oh, I taste red wine. People who taste whiskey might say, oh, I taste whiskey. Because they are confused with a smoky flavor. Some whiskeys are malt. Some whiskeys are peaty. People who smoke will say, I get some tobacco. So that is one part of your taste. Hmm. The others is yellow fruits. So anything yellow, like a green grape, definitely tastes a bit different than a red grape. Correct. There is a different hint of there are flowers. Yes, we are not used to eating flowers. Mm. Edible microgreens is quite a recent phenomenon in our country. In the last decade, we've talked about edible leaves and edible flowers. And hibiscus actually is so anti-inflammatory, like marigold and lavender. They have a lot of healing properties. If you go into, you know, oils, essential oils, not only for massage, for infusion, for intake, you will find in homeopathy and Ayurveda, they say jari buti. Hmm. Wo kya hai? Wo 
herbs hai and all the flowers and leaves are edible so people who are in the business it's easier for them to recognize a hibiscus note mm. or a a guava note is mm. possibly very for a person who knows peru mm. and it's not weird like in the initial years 15 20 years ago when i had heard about these things mm-hmm. i used to say my god am i going to open my mouth and say i'm tasting banana correct you know because i was unsure mm. of how this was it was all a recent conversation correct that took part and took place because of the wine industry and the whiskey like all these industries so you know ziba when i was learning about wine tasting etc i was reading a book by oz and he was saying listen and he had actually given us some nine pages of different ways to describe wine and he ended it by saying you don't need to remember all of this all you have to do is you have to think about what does this wine remind you of perfect so if this wine reminded you of dal chawal is dal chawal if it reminded you of your granny's bread pudding is bread pudding and that's the way to start describing it and at least get into the habit of describing things this way it doesn't have to be cherries with a hint of green apple oh certainly not right but it can remind you of oh it is like a fruit basket so i think it's 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 fun to start playing with food in this way instead of thinking about it as oh i'm having chocolate and it's an indulgence only my whole life is about making chocolate non intimidating mm. like the thing about me is yes i'm almost 6 feet tall and i'm a tough brawny woman but i get highly intimidated mm. i don't like being intimidated by some like just anything like i like to no more mm. and once such a feeling comes in then you're flying right so what i have experienced with people is they are intimidated by chocolate why do i use the word intimidated is because either they i'm not touching it because you know that's taboo or mom saying my kid gets a sugar rush and gets hyper so i'm not doing that or it's am i get acne or my teeth are going bad or my hair is falling or kuch na kuch you know but the fact is it all boils down to just one thing that i find you always do through your podcasts is knowledge asking the right questions it all boils down to asking the right questions so you mentioned that you read a wine book can i ask you why did you read the wine book because i wanted to know about wine because exactly that it's something it's fun and you learned that it's fun and it's about nostalgia so the first thing about chocolate is it is fun mm. it is nostalgia but today is about awareness and focus mm. that's why to me living life sweetly sweetly means yes eating sweet and knowing sweet but it sweetly is living life with joy and a pleasure it has to apply to everything you do including the food you eat then it's a personal choice how sweet do you like it how dark do you like it is it better or does it i'm not a chocolate snob i really am not i enjoy a beautiful white chocolate especially if it has a hint of lavender or something so delicate that pairs with the most beautiful bubbly you know it is beautiful to eat do i eat a box of it yeah if i'm in a mood to binge but is that my pleasure every day no so chocolate is about mood correct 
It is. So nostalgia is the first one. What does it remind you of? Second is definitely your mood. Hmm. If you are in a binge mood, not so good hmm. place to be in. But why not? Hmm. Because you know you're going to binge. Binge. Hmm. Own it. Hmm. And try to control it next on. time. Move on. All right. We're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. Also, what people don't realize is that chocolate is really good for you. And like, while we were talking about all the jari booties, chocolate in the world has been always thought of as medicine and ma cacao. And we have cacao ceremonies where we spread love by giving chocolate to each other and things like that, you know. And once I did my first cacao ceremony, it blew my mind. I was like, wow. You know, this you did a cacao ceremony? So many. Good for you. They're lovely. You know, every time you cook this chocolatey drink and then you pass it from one person to the other while giving love. And it's a lot of emotion in these uh, moments. Like I told you, I'm 95% chocolate. Oh. The other part is like God knows what protein or sugar. <laughs> and so the idea is this, right? Like use chocolate in a healing way as well. You know, we often think of chocolate only in terms of an indulgence. I love my dark chocolate drink that I make at night, which is basically cacao powder with water and little stevia, which hits the spot for me, right? It just soothes it, nice end to the day, etc. How hot is the milk when you pour No it? milk, water. How hot is your water? Enough that I can put my finger in. Perfect. Mm. Oh my God, I'm talking to a gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through the process of thinking that I have to cook my chocolate. Which didn't really make sense. Heat damages your chocolate. Correct. Because it, it can't be melted. Like if you take a chocolate bar, mm. you mustn't melt it beyond 45 degrees to 50 degrees. Water boils at 100 degrees. Mm. So that's the benchmark. Right. So there is a particular system. As I said, you never rush chocolate. Even if you're in a rush, <laughs> just hold that, you know, because it would then bring out a burnt nuance yeah. or a bit of a smoky nuance because it burns, chocolate mm. burns. So that's the reason I asked you about mm. that. Yeah, chocolate burns. It's, mm. It tastes completely different. Mm -hmm. And I think thinking about chocolate for me, the reason I like I was excited for this podcast was that because chocolate has so many different aspects to it. It does. Beyond, I buy one for my child and I'll eat one in the process. That's you know, right. Which is the way that we think about chocolate. That is true. But the point is, therefore, I just about touched on the subject. It is about the farmers. Mm. It's about paying them what is due, hmm. not just buying the cacao beans in bulk hmm. and squeezing them down for a price because they are actually stopping to farm cacao. Hmm. The reason nothing is going extinct. Hmm. If it does, it's because of us, yeah. the public and the people who are unaware. So right now what I'm promulgating is zero waste chocolate. Mm. The chocolate, even the shell, mm. like the mungfali, like mm. the peanut, mm. when the you roast it, yeah. a peanut, mm. when you blow on it, the shell just flies away. Mm. The cacao shell is just as light. You can make drink out of it. Mm. Uh, you can give it as fodder to our uh, cows and buffaloes and horses. And the milk the cow brings out has a hint of that cacao. Mm. It's just beautiful. <laughs> so interesting. It's really so magnificent. You got like milkshakes from the source. Right I there. tell you. Mm -hmm. 
You told me that you work a lot with women who starting up their own chocolate businesses right. and stuff like that. And I think it's so interesting because so many women I know at least like family members etc who have their own little chocolate shops that they started at home. What are some of the mistakes they make when it comes to chocolates because they have a completely different viewpoint than the way that we are discussing chocolate right now, right? So to be honest, they don't know the difference between real chocolate and compound chocolate. Mm. that is the first basic most difference. are using compound everyone is mm. Mm. because the people who buy mm. for them they don't want to spend more than 500 rupees per kilo correct the compound chocolate is under 350 or 400 and the housewife doesn't care she melts it she adds a few nuts she mixes it you get 2 kilos she sells it at maybe 100 rupees profit and that's enough for mm. her mm. the mistake I wonder if you call it a mistake because there is no such word to me. It's back to knowledge. Mm. If you don't know, you don't know. Mm. Simple as pineapple. People what they see is what they eat. Right. They don't know the difference between a plastic taste and a mouth melting sensation. Yeah, I think it's the difference between like having a moment with the chocolate and the convenience of it. Like for example, I think compound chocolate is just too convenient. You melt it and you and it solidifies. You, you don't, don't need to, to temper it. You don't need to temper it. You don't need to actually use those techniques on no. compound chocolate at all. But the truth is, if you really want to make real chocolate, mm. it's not difficult. Mm. If you take a kilo of real chocolate, okay? And you only melt 70% of it 30% you leave it in the form of chips if you bought a bar you can just scrape it on a cheese or and don't melt it hmm. after you melted your 70% of your chocolate you just stir in the unmelted part and hmm. that is tempering your chocolate hmm. it's called the seeded method correct again it takes a bit of time hmm. it's like love hmm. you don't rush it hmm. and chocolate stands for love right like it's just chocolate the, the, to together. me stands for celebration mm. even when i'm alone individual like if you want to have a your own aha moment you have achieved a small mini goal or whatever it could be that 50 grams of weight that your weighing scale is showing less it could be your gymming that makes you feel so fresh indulge mm. celebrate that moment mm. it's not only for gifting right and for a big day and especially not for when you're feeling low otherwise you know very often we go into that stage of oh i'm just like feeling low i'm going to binge eat my chocolates and satisfy my inner urges i think celebration is a better way of thinking about it so i go back into a bit of mental health that only when you're low hmm. you know when you're high you have to have the low moments you have to hmm. so So I've been through endless moments of binging. Mm. I'll tell you, I've just returned from judging the World International Chocolate Awards and it was for bonbons. Mm. So when I ate a couple of the bonbons and I tasted a couple of the hazelnut paste, the hazelnut paste, I ate up everything. Mm. I wanted to finger licking good, just mm. like the ad. Mm. And I binged. Mm. But after you've tasted a hundred of such, like <laughs> you've beyond binged. Mm. Like I was going nuts. you know and i didn't regret it one bit ashwin mm-hmm. i didn't mm. it's okay to binge but it's okay to binge mindfully correct as long I, as you know what you're doing yes mm. that i guess comes in with my age and my journey of life and my knowledge 
of the people you love and you lose and therefore you celebrate every minute no matter what. So if you're enjoyably high due to the circumstance or your achievement, with full awareness, enjoy that. Mm. If you're low because maybe something you planned for didn't happen on time, no one thing, sleep over it. There is that ray of light. You will do exactly what you set out to do when the time is right. Binge with your eyes wide open and enjoy it while you're at it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ziba, I think this is a perfect place for us to end this particular podcast. Thank you so much for coming. How can people get in touch? How can people continue this conversation with you? So I am on zibakohli.com. That's my website. I am also on zibakohli at gmail.com. I am always available. I'm really good with replies to my email. And I can't wait to do a tasting with you. Let's do this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure entirely. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, give us a rating. It really helps with people discovering the podcast. If you like podcasts like this, check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can also watch all the episodes on the Habit Coach Awesome 180 YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. You can also reach out to me. I am Ashton Doc at Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with me on my website, awesome180.com. You can also check out my two new books, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. And the second, The Book of Good Habits for Kids. I am Ashton Doctor, your habit coach.